essentially what we do is we digitize and automate a lot of the antiquated processes. You know, think paper admission agreements, printed welcome packet folders, safety notifications, and then we seamlessly distribute that via text, email, or voicemail. We like to say we are the central place for seamless communication with residents, family, and staff. Welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast, your go-to source for professional insights in the long-term care industry. Hear from leaders and experts as they share current and practical insights to help make the most of your day. I'm a long-term care financial specialist. What that means is I help people plan for the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to think about getting old, but it's possible that someday we might need a little bit of care. Here's your host, nursing home administrator turned podcaster, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to another live recording of the Nursing Home Podcast, the only podcast that you need to know what's really going on in the nursing home industry. This is such a complex industry. This is an industry which is slaughtered and beaten and dragged through the mud in the media and coffee shops and everywhere in social media because of the misunderstanding of what's going on in the facilities. The goal of the show is to dispel the murkiness and the blurriness and to really help operators understand how to best uh, manage their facilities while at the same time educating the bystanders. In today's episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, I'm really happy to introduce the CEO and founder of a very innovative company called CareFeed which we will talk about a little bit later in the show today. Terry Wall. Terry, welcome to the Nursing Home Podcast. Thank you, Shmuel. Terry Wall, founder of CareFeed. Really uh, honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Congrats on the podcast too. It's great. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm actually curious how you discovered the podcast. I know you guys reached out directly from it. Well, I'm a big believer in you know being productive. So podcasts are a great way to learn, whether you're commuting or uh, running or whatever. So big believer in podcasts, and awesome. uh, I just love how you're you know straight to the point. It's cut through the murkiness, like you mentioned, and you know just tell it how it really is. And so, no, so it's great. So you know we've been a follower. Awesome, I appreciate it. I appreciate your support. So our audience doesn't know who you are yet, and I'm getting to know who you are. All right. Now, if you don't mind sharing with us the brief professional um, background of what brought you from your career to what you're doing today. Yeah, perfect. Um, You know, my whole career has really been transforming print to digital. So last 10 years, you know, prior to CareFeed, I worked for the leading patient uh, engagement you know, kind of patient technology, patient and really provider facing technology. Um, And so I just saw all the cool products that, you know, the ambulatory space was getting, you know, physician offices, for example, instead of those like anatomical posters, now they're iPads, you know, 3D anatomicals versus the poster, you know, saw the cool products in the subacute space, you know, Mm -hmm. hospital. But I felt like this care setting of all the care settings, you know, was there were some antiquated processes and felt like we could help. Awesome. Awesome. So first of all, I just want a little shout out to those who are watching us live on Facebook and those who are watching us live on LinkedIn. 
I don't know why my son thinks it's LinkedIn and not LinkedIn, but that's a fight that we have. But anyway, all that aside, so you're the guy who is innovating a very uh, space that's not known to be so innovative. I know one of my earlier projects as administrator and training was going to EHR to get the electronic health records, and the pushback is tremendous. And I don't know exactly why it is that, you know, people feel that we need to continue working with antiquated tools, even though technology has exploded and continues to explode every single day. But kudos to you that you are, that you're doing what you're doing um, in this industry. And that, that is really amazing. So let, let's talk about the problem. The problem, you know, on a high level, and I, I want to hear from you as well. But the overall problem that, that we're addressing today in this episode is communication. And we all know that communication is everything. And, you know, many challenges in all areas, professionally, personally, we can trace to a breakdown in communication. And if I knew what you knew when I need, needed to know it, and you knew what I knew when, I, when you needed to know it, lots of times we could have avoided unpleasant situations and problems challenges could be avoided little soapbox but now <laughs> all that aside within a nursing home there are so many different parties so so tell me how uh, you've seen this problem where you've seen the problem the most and what has been the impetus uh, for you to get involved on this level well you know, I started CareFeed before uh, COVID, and I think that's what really exasperated the problem of communication was COVID. As you know, COVID adversely affected or disproportionately uh, affected senior uh, communities more than obviously they're the most vulnerable population, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the spotlight and attention was all on uh, the senior communities as you know uh, staff had to you know navigate a barrage of you know ever-changing confusing conflicting regulations updates guidelines from you know all these local state federal you know entities and um, you know to communicating without you know the, every piece of the puzzle obviously difficult so you know the Communicating with residents, communicating with families, communicating with staff, communicating with referral sources, you know, and that timely of information and being transparent when you don't have all the information, not easy, not easy to do. And, and yeah, sure, all these senior communities had uh, emergency action plans for, you know, whether it was like, you know, a disaster or something like that. But, you know, the, nobody was prepared for the scale and size and scope. I mean, we're approaching two years of, of this pandemic and, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not easy. The staff at these senior communities, it's not easy. I mean, in fact, just recently, like within the last month, a COO told me they looked at their phone bill and 2,000 of the 3,000 calls were unanswered. You know, so I think it was really the COVID that uh, when the families couldn't visit, that's when it was like, hey, we need communication. That's where the problem was really exasperated. Okay. So first of all, thank you for that very full and complete uh, answer and your point is so true when it, we talk about uh, disaster response emergency response anything that requires a timely response and specifically obviously in nursing homes um, 
there's a binder, big red binder on all the nurses stations that says emergency preparedness. And you can flip to the fire page. You can flip to the active shooter page and flip to any other page. Is that how practical is that in real time? It's great uh, tool for education if it's used. And yeah. some people do a great job at using them for education. I actually once did an active shooter training in, one, in the building where I was the administrator. And our book said code black, I think, or something like that. And code black means, you know, guy with a gun in the building. Yeah. So when the local police department was looking through it and they were actually in the building, you know, doing all sorts of simulations, they said, no, don't do that. He said, when there's a guy with a gun in the building, you just announce guy with a gun in the building, <laughs> don't <laughs> run, do your thing. I uh, said, don't code bullet. It's a secret from the guy. Right. And when the Department of Public Health is in the building, you know, the people have codes, you know, Dr. You know, Goldstein, line one, and everybody knows DPH is here. You know, that can work. But the guy would have gone in the building. He doesn't care, you know, if everybody yeah. knows. But the point is, um, lots of the tools, and, and it's not specific to emergency preparedness, but lots of the tools are done in a very antiquated way, which were the they were the best way that things could be done before technology has evolved to where it is today. Precisely. And many times because it works, it ain't broke. And like you said, there's so many other pressing needs. So we kind of leave things the way that they are and don't innovate to the, the, to the level that we should be innovating. So that's well, why we yeah, it's, you make a great point because uh, first off, how you communicate is amazing. Trust me, because we have almost a million messages that have been sent through CareFeed. And I see some messages good, some messages like, ooh, I don't know if I'd say it like that. So the way how you communicate it to that, you know, police officer's point is a, is a good point. And then, you know, the other thing I would say is what also exasperated this is a lot of times they'd even have the, the, the contact information. I think that was really big during COVID. They're like, holy cow, in the EMR or EHR, we don't even have the family's contact email or you know and staff i mean this is an on-the-go workforce they're not sitting at laptops so they don't have all have company emails like other industries so having all the employees contact information having all the you know poas the, those those family members uh contacts uh you know that was alarming i think people realize like wow we don't even have all these to even send them so if we have a message we want to send we don't even have that so i think that was a big uh, piece of it too yeah, I mean, I mean, two, a couple of things come to mind. But one thing I'll just share briefly, an incident which I witnessed actually firsthand of somebody who was coding, meaning, you know, they, they needed CPR. And it was a question of what their status was. Is this someone who wants that? Are they, you know, a DNR or not? You know, do not resuscitate. And when in doubt, you know, they had to do what they had to do. But it was it was besides for the actual medical crisis. The additional crisis was, who is the healthcare proxy? How do we get through to that person? What is their phone number? Like this type of critical data, it wasn't just letting them know when the holiday party is going to be and they should drop off their gifts. This is literally life or death. Yeah, and that can be that can be that can be a very serious issue. But I think just to I think drill down a little bit, there's really three types of communication that are happening within. A nursing home. You're welcome to disagree. I'm just thinking now. Number one is this communication between the facility and the families, right? And letting the families know there's a change in condition. And, you know, usually if you're lucky, you have a unit secretary or a nurse if they remember the call. And that itself 
is a big deal. A family member gets sent out to the hospital and you don't let the person know who you were supposed to let know, or sometimes even worse, you let the wrong person know they weren't supposed to know. That's a problem. There's also communication between the facility and 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 the staff, which is usually, you know, that information, if it's done correctly, then HR person has that. Not just different types of communication, they're also held and managed completely differently. And that's why it's very fragmented and segregated. So the HR person, the business office manager, who's there only typically during business hours, is the one who has all the employee information and relationships and phone numbers and knows that Jenna on Tuesdays is, you call her at the other number and all those other things, if it's documented anywhere. But that's usually the person who would know uh, in the basement or upstairs on the third floor in the back room or wherever it is, right? That's typically their information. The information about the residents yeah, a lot of it could be in, you know, what it, point click care or whatever EHR you're using. And then there's also the information, the family's information. I'm sorry, the external vendors that you're working with, whether it's the hospitals, whether it's other community resources. And those things also can be in either system. But many times they don't talk to each other. And I, I think that that, even, you know, even with the tools that we do have, that's still something which can be a problem. And add to that a crisis. I hate keeping using COVID. Yeah. Let's let's let, let's talk about a fire in the building, and you have to let everybody know that they're okay. Or unfortunately, you have to let them know that some people are not okay, or let them know that we evacuated the building, or we had a mo- or a simple thing: we moved someone from one room to another room because of this reason. Simple things like that, you know, to be able to have that done, you know, in a in a, in a better way. So, first of all, does that make sense to you? Like, the, uh, are there Absolutely. other areas? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Family, you know, we always say, you know, residents, family, staff, and referral sources. Yeah, so those four. And and yeah, I think you, I think you got it, uh, hit it on the head there, yep. Residents, family, staff, and referral sources. Okay, yeah, so fine. Yeah, that's pr- pretty much the same thing. So now, what what are some tools or some systems that a, a nursing home can implement today which yeah. can help streamline some of this communication. Like uh, I'm sure before you created your own solution, you, you know, you did your market research or, you know, maybe you talk to clients, maybe you can, you know, what are some things that someone can implement today? I want to come out of this podcast on my lunch break, maybe still, if, if, if yeah. you still have that. I think, you know, uh, yeah. Take care feed out of it. I'll tell you, you know, what I find is, you know, a lot of the communities are calling. You know, they're just manually like, you call these 10, you call these 10, you call these 10, or hey, I'm calling. And they call the families. You know, I have communities that mail letters. They're mailing letters, you know, weekly updates or, you know, even certified mailers to make sure to ensure receipts that they received it. You know, so they certified mailer is they, the recipient has to sign it and that's you know, like $7. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're you're doing certified mailings, uh, faxing. I mean, believe it or not, people are still faxing. I get that. You know, hey, can you fax that to me? It's like, wow. Uh, what is a fax? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and then there's the like the school kids, the robocallers. You know, the, the you know the people can implement that because I don't think they the need for mass communication was as big. So there's like the robocallers. They're the updating your Facebook page, updating your website. You know, just providing information to all the audiences that you know you mentioned there. So those are some of the things you could do. I mean, there's WhatsApp, there's different things you can, you know, set up, you know, to communicate with employees and things like that. It, you know, it's, it's not easy because like you mentioned, it's fragmented, you know, some employees are on the shift, you know, app, some employees aren't, you know, some, uh, 
audiences use this EHR, this hospital uses this communication platform, these referral sources are, you know, you know, churches and, you know, home health companies and hospice companies, they do it differently than, uh, you know, than a, you know, a, a discharge from a hospital and things like that. So it's, um, yeah, it's fragmented. It's not easy with everything else the staff has going on. As you know, you know, the staffing is a real issue. So anything that's going to make their lives easier is like top priority because they, uh, they do not have it easy right now. You mentioned that they're under, you know, nursing communities are uh, under a lot of scrutiny. I, I heard something recently that they said they're the most regulated. I think it's like nuclear power plants and then, you know, long-term care kind of nursing communities. I've never verified that, but this is what they Yeah, say. that's what I've heard. I don't know if that's uh, verified. Like, Definitely wow. feels that way. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, and then, you know, just with the staff, everything they've been through, I mean, I was just at a community recently. We were based in Ohio and this was in Northern Ohio is at the community and like Cedar Point, everybody knows Cedar Point. It's like roller coasters and things like that. I mean, they're offering thousand dollar sign on bonuses, 20 bucks an hour to clean rooms at Cedar Point. And this is what the staff's competing with at a, you know, a senior community right down the street. It's, you know, these staff putting their, you know, literally lives at risk, right? Fear of the unknown with uh, this invisible enemy that they're dealing with, mm -hmm. you know, to go do, you know, there's a lot of people leaving, which is, you know, so any tools you could provide to make their lives easier, I think is absolutely critical right now. Right. I mean, th uh, this is a obvious opportunity for a shameless plug for quality recruit, which I'm going to take the opportunity to do this, which is the recruitment company, which I manage. What's the name uh, of quality recruit? Got it. You got it. Quality recruit. <laughs> but, you know, if, if people need help with this very problem, this is exactly what we do. Like I told everybody, we don't have the magic bullet to create people that don't exist, but we help and support the facility's recruitment efforts. So they can be as successful as they can be. Yep. So Moving right along. Yeah. So census is down, obviously, you know, and so obviously ex expenses have to go down if the census is down and mm -hmm. it just puts them in a uh, difficult, uh, you know, difficult predicament. So any tools to make it easier. But then I feel like at the same time, you have these family expectations that have evolved and grown because of everything that's been going on. And, you know, and, and, and even employee expectations are higher you know, now, I mean, you know, as you, you know, could see all over the, all over the media today. Right. So, you know, at the same time we have, you know, staffing, you know, shortages or, or, or you know, uh, that kind of workplace, you know, a difficulty, yeah, got to have like raising expectations. So to, to make it easier to communicate, to communicate is just, you know, it's, it's, it's crucial to the, you know, that trust and that transparency in your brand to be able to, you know, be marketable and, you know, get the referrals and things like that. Really, really important. Amazing. No, this, this is definitely very true. And, and like you said, there are there certainly are many tools out there. WhatsApp can be very, very helpful for internal communications. And for those who are busy with that app, you probably have a million different groups already with different parts of your life. You have the option of separating business WhatsApp and personal WhatsApp with two different apps, not just different groups. So that can help a little bit. That's also good for timely communication, even simple texting groups, and even if old-fashioned email groups are all effective ways of communicating. And separately, they can each uh, help resolve the issue, meaning that they can help 
you can have you can have an email group to the families. You can have a Facebook group. The main thing is not the tool. So I hope <laughs> we'll talk about a different tool in a minute. But it, the truth is, it actually it applies to everything and any tool that you use. And you know, you've had the opportunity. If you've had the opportunity to implement tools in your business, you'll know that it's true. It's true that there are differences in the tools that you use, and we'll get to that in a minute. But at the end of the day, whatever tool you choose. You've got to go on with that tool, use it the way it was designed to be used, and let everybody know that this is the tool. Like, for example, when we were going to electronic health records, or even not, even before that, it's just harder to cheat these days. If it's not documented, it didn't happen, right? And if it's not documented here in this way, you know, it's in a very precise, you know, system, so it didn't happen. So the same thing, you know, if our communication internally is through WhatsApp, so if you didn't put it there, then it didn't happen. If you did put it there, then there's a responsibility for whoever needs to know about it, you know, that this is what happened. And with these changing, ever-changing regulations, that's what be, makes it cumbersome to the staff when they have to d- duplicate processes. Like, okay, so we called everybody. Now mm-hmm. we have to chart it in the EHR. So it's like duplicative and, you know, cumbersome and back to just need to make the staff's lives easier. That's, that is the... It's the ma- most important thing right now. Well, so so let's talk about CareFeed. Uh, so you created CareFeed. Tell us a little bit of what it does and how it further helps solve this problem. Yeah, so we have four core solutions, communication, obviously. Uh, so we have templates for clinical and non-clinical communications. Uh, so we can seamlessly send broadcast or secure one-on-one messages. We can do text, email, voicemail. You know, we can automate communications. So, you know, based on ADT triggers and, you know, in your EHR, all our communications can be automatically translated, by the way, into like 109 languages and they're uh, automatically charted. So if you do send that message to families, you know, it automatically will chart and, you know, PCC, matrix care, et cetera. But then you could automate some of these messages like, okay, someone's admitted, here's the essential next steps, or here's the facts about your stay and uh, what to bring and things like that. So, you know, automation and, you know, the kind of the communication, we do calendar. So automating communication with uh, care conference scheduling, visitation, offsite doctor's appointment, all different types of things like that, communicating with uh, staff. So, of course, uh, you know, digitizing in-service is big, you know, sending videos and you know, these communities are bringing in employees on their off days to have them in a room to watch a Zoom, sign a piece of paper that they watched this, you know, a video or, you know, uh, some policy, updated policy. You know, we could text that out. They sign and, you know, have a digital record uh, of the consent and things like that. You know, resident admission agreement, hard to believe, but people are still doing paper admission agreements. I get it. It's, you know, kind of the, the, the process you're used to, but, you know, you know, having to meet people outside because they can't come in, you know, signing documents on the hood or, but really it's about the data today, you know, uh, mm-hmm. well, Hey, what's my payer mix? What's, you know, um, how many people, you know, accepted arbitration or agreed to arbitration and things like that. It's about the data really on those admission agreements. So all different types of solutions like that. We like to say we are the central place for seamless communication with residents, family, and staff. It's kind of our uh, it's kind of our tagline. Okay, that was my next question. Is if you had to put it into one sentence, what is CareFeed? So, first of all, thanks for sponsoring today's uh, podcast. We definitely appreciate you sharing your knowledge and expertise with us today. 
But if you want to understand what it is, you said it's a seamless communication between, what is it, resident staff? Your central place for seamless communication and engagement with residents, family, and staff. So basically what it seems like to me is that you're looking through all the broken communication pieces that are part of the daily or whatever, part of the, the operations of a nursing home and saying, where can we come in and fix this? And, and as opposed to being, there are companies that just do one piece, they just do two pieces. They're like, okay, let's get rid of paper. You know, and, and my administrative days, I would tell people, if you gave me a paper, it didn't happen. Because what would happen? I'm walking around the building. I'm in one unit. Someone hands me something to sign. And the next place, someone gives me an invoice. And by the time I get back to my office, the invoice is in the other unit. And the other thing is on the floor, whatever. And I have nothing. I'm like, everything has to be, if you want it to go to me, it has to be emailed to me. Otherwise, I, I never got it. Because it just, it, for me personally, that you know, that doesn't work. But you Basically, it looks like what you're doing is you have this big machine, this digital machine that you're, it's almost like a vacuum cleaner that's sucking up all the broken processes, the broken paper, fragmented processes within the nursing home and just like care feed, put it in, put it in, put it in. And as you go into it, you're done vacuuming that facility. Every process has been worked out in a way that it's, it's digital, it's clear, everybody knows where it is, the communication is seamless, like you said documentation is shared in you know in the way that needs to be shared and like you said it's it's absurd that we make a cna come in on their off day to an empty conference room to watch a video to sign a paper that hopefully ends up in the right binder and that you could find it when dph is in asking if they were ever in service hopefully you can find that piece of paper there you know the good it makes good people good and there's, there's no more sticking in a paper when dph is there either now, this is why people are scared about electronic health records. You know, it used to be that you can pull out a paper or stick in a paper or modify something. There's none of that, which is fine, which just means that, you know, people are not scared of their uh, Department of Public Health inspection when they know that they're doing the right thing every day. It's a thing that people say, but, you know, some facilities you can just feel it. Yeah, all right, they're here. They're going to watch what we do. We know what we do. Yeah, and, to your point is that we like to say the kind of like, you know, that whole central place for seamless communication engagement. Essentially, what we do is we digitize and automate a lot of the antiquated processes. You know, think paper admission agreements, printed welcome packet folders, safety notifications, and then we seamlessly distribute that via text, email, or voicemail. So I know it sounds like a vacuum. It's because we're in a building downtown and the uh, building next door is getting a new roof. So I don't know if it, it we don't normally sound like a vacuum, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I want to be uh, those operational efficiencies that we can create. It's it's simple. It's a SaaS model. So it's a simple monthly fee. I mean, uh, very inexpensive and it just makes staff lives easier, decrease costs and actually can help boost the census. We have some solutions that could even help boost the census as well. You know, whether that's. Let's talk about those. What do you have that specifically for census related? And then so, I want to talk about staffing related, but let's start with census. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we don't do any staffing. So goodness. So we're a core queue uh, vendor for like surveys and questionnaires. So getting that resident, we could automate the, you know, resident family satisfaction surveys. So really be able to get real time feedback to influence the outcome. But then we could also, you know, do boost and steer positive reviews. So if, you know, someone's discharged, it could be automatically get a positive review. If they get one, two or three stars, feedback just goes to the community. But if they get four or five stars, we could take that to Yelp. We can take that to Google. Facebook, et cetera. Yeah. And Google and that. So obviously the more recent, you know, positive reviews, really the ability to uh, steer it, it's uh, 
you know, could, uh, you know, people are looking at that these today. Do you do checking kiosks? We do not do checking kiosks. We do have a visitation, you know, a visitation. So, uh, you know, you know, families can set, you know, their uh, visit. They can be pre-screened before they get there and things like that. But we don't, we don't do the hardware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're sticking to the SaaS model. Okay, very interesting. Now, as far as uh, staffing, recruitment, retention, are there is there anything yet built into Kirfi that deals with that? If not, then we have to have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, just the, the the really thing is the, the in, digitizing the in service with the electronic consents and you know building that library to help. Outside of that, you know, no, nothing for recruitment. Okay, so I don't even mean recruitment. I just recruitment, but there's also retention. For recruitment, it can, it can here's here's some free, some free feedback. It might be worth the price that you pay for it. But for recruitment, just if is there a way to automatically post things on social media through through CareFeed? Like for example, we're that's that we're close. We're close on that. Yeah. So if they send a message out to the families, it can also simultaneously, uh, you know, on the Facebook page, yeah, and things like that. Or if someone takes a picture on their phone. They can use CareFeed to push it out to all the social channels. And uh, again, with maybe you may want to have a built-in approval process for that because yeah, there's, there's liability involved there as well. So there's a lot of things that, that can be done with that too. And that could be for census development and it could also be for recruitment. But specifically for attention, checking in with staff members, giving them a, an opportunity to have communication. Like we said in the beginning, everything is communication. Many yeah. times... And we're basically using technology, not just the vacuum cleaner, like we said before, but also using it to replace to replace some redundant human processes, especially in a nursing home where we don't have that luxury anymore because it was just working with such a tight staff. So, for example, it would be wonderful if HR could sit down with all the new staff members, with all the nurses, with all the new CNAs, the first week and the second week and maybe maybe once a week for a month and then every month and then every quarter and to really get feedback and to share information and to give them resources and all that what about automating some of that you know what uh you're dead on we actually do do that we uh, can do onboarding onboarding employees so signing the w9s i you know i9s w4s all that you know and then we could automate things like, okay, on the, you know, 90th day of their hire, let's send them this. It could be a, uh, you know, it could be a survey, it could be, uh, you know, a video to watch and things like that. So we have some of that, but no, I, li- I, I like the, I like kind of where you're going with that as well, though. There's some, there's some definitely some, some more we could do there. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's important. I mean, you know, it's different from other companies, you know, they're, you know, they all, the one thing in common, they all have a phone. And, and that's where right. we can send it right to the uh, to right to the mobile phone. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you just from our experience from as a recruitment company, sometimes the recruitment problem could be solved, and then the retention problem exa- you know exacerbates the recruitment problem. So they come, but they're leaving after two weeks. The reason why they're leaving after two weeks is because they still don't have a parking spot, and they still don't know where to keep their bag, and they they the paycheck was late because information was never gone to the right person, and stupid things that technology could have solved yeah you know boiling down to communication i don't know if this is the right forum i'll throw it out there and you'll tell me if you're comfortable talking about it is there a standard monthly package that you can talk about or is this a conversation check out the website and we'll talk to you yeah check out the website but it's based on the size of the community yeah it's based on the size of the community so yeah it's a uh, per bed per month 
kind of uh, format. So yeah, so yeah, go to carefeed.com. There's a schedule of demo up on the right-hand side and we work with communities across the country. So yeah, we're been in a full sprint. Like I said, this started before COVID, right at the beginning of you know COVID, I think it was January 1. And gosh, it's been a full sprint. And uh, we really just want to make staff administrators and their staff's lives easier. I mean, that is uh, that really is our goal is to is to kind of digitize those antiquated processes, automate some of the redundancies and duplicative work and just, uh, you know, you know, from what we have found, we've decreased costs in a lot of cases. So people end up spending less. And and uh, yeah, so really appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on the show. And anything else for me? Yeah, I'm not throwing you off yet, but very soon. The one last point I've been talking about, you know, cost savings. There's a, a lot of, I'm sure you run into this, but a lot of operators probably have maybe three or four different systems that are each doing a piece of what you're doing. But you're sure. being like the the one system. I know there are systems for automating, you know, phone and email and texting messaging to go out. There's, I know of another, I'm thinking of specific systems and they're all great at what they do. There's another system that all they do is the admission paperwork another one just for onboarding another one just for family communication i think literally they're you know they're really and sometimes you may have multiple you know multiple systems raised so if this is one system that is kind of the end all be all and you know it does everything that you're saying it really sounds like a very interesting opportunity and i would definitely encourage operators to go check out carefeed.com and schedule a demo with your team terry before we let you go first of all thank you for being an excellent guest Thank you for uh, sharing everything that that you've shared. Yes, I, I just I'm going to share one comment over here from Shmuel Krischer. First of all, great name, and it, it definitely is huge. This 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 is definitely a it definitely can be a game changer. But moving moving right along, any final words that you want to leave um, with our listeners before we let you go? We have had a lot of big healthcare organizations, you know, 50, 60 communities do exactly what you just mentioned, consolidate. You know, they employees have all these different usernames and passwords to get in mm-hmm. all these different places and you can consolidate and, and um, you know, just make it easier for the staff from like training and onboarding. I and mean, we, we have a client success team that uh, does all the training. So just, you know, helping from that regard. But no, we'd be honored to assist with anyone. We feel like we have a lot of raving fans out there where we are integrated with a lot of EHRs. So, you know, point-click care, matrix care, Epic, et cetera. And um, yeah, it's like save your team time. I feel like as owner operators and management groups, you know, doing that is, is really important right now. And that's what we're trying to do is just make administrators and their staff's lives easier. Awesome. Awesome. I'm checking out the website right now. It definitely looks beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show, Terry. We really appreciate you sharing of your knowledge. And again, if anyone's interested in this, you go to carefew.com. And like we said earlier, even before you're ready to make that step, you know, there's so many, some, some people may not be your, you know, a, a good prospect yet. These are people, you know, they're still the paper people. And if you start implementing, I mean, I think, I think this is the takeaway. Start implementing processes to streamline you know, the way that you're doing all the, all the different systems within, within the nursing home facility and the way that makes sense for you. So thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the Nursing Home Podcast. And we look forward to staying in touch. I really think you guys are doing some amazing stuff. Thank you. Right back at you. Shmuel, thanks so much. Now that you've enjoyed this episode of the Nursing Home Podcast, 
I'd really appreciate if you'd rate this podcast and let everyone else know what an amazing resource this is for those wanting to learn anything and everything about the nursing home industry. So head on over to ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Again, ratethispodcast.com slash nursing home. Leave me a review and let the world know what an amazing show this truly is. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to stay tuned and subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes.